Transmitting from the lovely little city of Taylor, Texas, you are listening to Plow and Hose, a show dedicated to the joys and challenges of organic backyard gardening in Central Texas. I am your host, Julie Rydell. Welcome to the show. Hi there, plant people. I am so glad that you are joining me again today. I am so very wanting to be excited for getting outside and gardening and it seems like every other day I am but this weather has been insane this month and I don't even know what's going on anymore I totally am not trusting the weather at all I mean it's hot and then cold and hot and cold and hot and cold and then just for fun um insane winds And I wish that nature would just relax a little bit because nobody is enjoying this weather. And I think that uh, we probably ought to change the name from February to Crazy Days because that is what we get this time of year. And, you know, really, that's about right because, um, you know, wintertime in Central Texas does not exactly invoke mental images of lush green gardens and loads and loads of fresh produce straight from the gardens. But you know what? If you are wanting to harvest crops in the springtime, you need to start planting now. And I think that's very exciting. But, you know, despite all these all this like really confusing weather and it's manic and it's up and down and it's hot and cold and these crazy temperatures this time of year. February is probably the most underrated month for gardening, but it's actually one of the very best times to plant a vegetable garden. Honestly, you know, most people, especially beginner gardeners are inspired to start planting in the springtime when the weather is stable and it's much more enticing to spend time outdoors. Calendar spring is the perfect time for planting a summer garden for warm season crops, but for a spring harvest, you have to plant in the winter. It's it's weird to me. Um, in gardening, the name of the planting season refers to the time you harvest what you planted. And it's always a season ahead. So your summer garden is planted in the spring. Your spring garden is planted in the winter and so on. But anyway, February is a fantastic planting time because we can plant one last round of cool season favorites, as well as a few special crops like artichoke crowns, asparagus crowns, onion sets, and potatoes. Plus, um, it's a, a really great time of year to plant fruit and nut trees. And this past weekend, I was um, I went to our local nursery, and they had a really nice selection of both potted and bare root fruit trees. So if you want to add fruit trees to your landscape, this is the best time to be looking for those bare root 
trees because selection is the very best right now. Bare root trees are a better value than potted trees, but you have to get them now before the leaves start to um, pop out on the trees because once they break dormancy and they start putting on leaves, nurseries um, have to start potting them up. Um, all those bare root trees have to be potted up because once they break that dormancy, um, they have to the roots need to be protected and burying, burying them in soil in a pot is the best way to do that. Now, potted trees do cost a little bit more. So if you want a good deal on a tree, then get yourself out to the nurseries really, really soon so that you can um, get some bare root trees. And really, there's probably only three or four weeks before all the bare root trees are going to break dormancy. So it's a really good time to get on out there and shop for bare root trees. This is a good week for sowing seeds. We can plant Asian greens, beets, carrots, chard, collard greens, kale, kohlrabi, leeks, lettuce, mustard greens, garden peas, radishes, spinach, and turnips, all from seeds. We can also transplant broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, seedlings. We also have a small planting window for planting garden peas here in Central Texas. So if you if you want to try peas this year in your spring garden, plan to get your seeds planted before the end of February. So we just have a few days left, so you need to hustle. There are three main types of garden peas that we can grow in the spring. Um, we can grow English, snow, and snap. English peas, those are also sometimes called shelling peas. Those are long pods that are kind of cylindrical and bumpy and curvy and full of little green peas. The pods are, the pods themselves are tough and fibrous and you can't eat them. You definitely have to shell them. The peas, of course, inside are sweet and very nutritious, and they are a really popular vegetable. And you can easily find them in the freezer section at the grocery store all year round. But English peas are amazing straight from the garden and definitely worth growing some just so that you can harvest them and have them. They are, they're, they are really delicious. Snow and snap peas are less common varieties, um, but they grow well here and they're comparable in nutrition and flavor. Unlike English peas, snow and sugar snap pea pods are edible. Snow peas um, are thought to have originated in Southwest Asia. They are the ones that are flat and kind of crescent shaped. They're harvested while the peas are small and underdeveloped. Now, snow peas have a tough string that you have to remove before eating them, but they're delicious, they're mild in flavor, and they can be eaten raw or cooked, and a lot of times you'll see them used whole in stir-fried dishes. 
Sugar snap peas are a cross between snow peas and shelling peas. They produce a lot of green banana-shaped pods, like little tiny bananas. Snap pea pods are also edible, but they are sweeter, as you can guess by the name. They are sweeter than the snow peas. Uh, the pods are crisp and they have a little bit of a crunch. Sugar snap peas don't contain as many individual peas as English peas, but you can eat the whole pod and they are very tasty and you don't have to mess with shelling them. All garden peas grow pretty quickly depending on the variety. They mature 50 to 70 days from planting. I think sugar snap peas are great plants to get kids interested in gardening because when kids help with gardening, they're much more likely to actually try a new vegetable. And sugar snap peas, they grow quickly, they are sweet in flavor, and they're just a really great crop to introduce to kids and to get them hooked on gardening. Peas are a cool season vegetable, so if we happen to get another frost between now and the um, average frost date, or peas can tolerate a light frost even when they are little baby plants. Peas are nitrogen-fixing plants, and this means that they can take nitrogen from the air and change it into a form that the plants can use for food. All, all peas and legumes, legumes like beans, um, they are able to extract nitrogen out of the air and work with the soil bacteria to convert the nitrogen gas into a form of nitrogen that plants can use. This is really great because nitrogen is a key plant nutrient and it's the one that's responsible for keeping leaves healthy and green. Since sugar snap peas are, uh, it, their seeds are fairly large and they have a harder seed coat than other types of seeds, it's it really helps to soak them overnight in water. The dried seeds are going to swell up after soaking and getting them partially rehydrated, this is going to help them germinate faster. So do this the day before you plan to put them in your garden. Peas climb by tendrils and they will attach to pretty much anything that is nearby. You can grow peas on a trellis or a fence, but you know if you don't have one nearby and you want to try them, you know grab a tomato cage and use that to support the vines. Having upright support will make it easier um, to harvest the peas when they're ready. Peas are a little bit prone to powdery mildew, so a trellis um, will really help improve air circulation. And air, you know, the air circulation is going to help reduce mildew. Now, powdery mildew is ugly. It's unattractive, but it isn't actually harmful to humans. Uh, it forms like a thin layer of white powdery, powdery spores. 
and it kind of comes on as the warm weather as it warms up and the air gets a little more humid and depending on the conditions by the time that powdery mildew really starts to show up and take a hold the peas are usually at the end of their growing season if it shows up and you know you want to try to help your plants along if you start seeing that powdery mildew on your leaves just go ahead and pick off the leaves as you see them but don't like drop them in the same bed as your pea plants take them move them um, you just kind of want to make sure that you're not leaving too many spores around your pea plants as you see the mildew other things that you can plant the rest of the month include most of the root vegetables like beets radishes carrots and turnips all of these can be planted from seed as a matter of fact um, you're not going to find transplants for these because they don't transplant well at all these guys absolutely do not want their roots disturbed and you really wouldn't want to because you're growing them for the root if you pull them up you'd be disturbing the root and chances are they wouldn't grow if you tried to transplant them so just pick a spot for your root veggies and plant your seed right there in the soil where they're going to live radishes only need about 30 to 35 days before they're ready to harvest most beets take about 45 days to get to be a decent size before you harvest them Turnips take a little bit longer. They need about eight weeks to mature. And then carrots, oh my God, carrots take forever to grow. Depending on the variety, they need like 75 days to grow before they get to be a decent size, big enough to harvest. But all of these beets, carrots, radishes, and turnips, they can be planted from seed now until the end of the month so if you have any of these and you love them get your seeds and plant them all of these crops also have edible tops so if you want to pack some extra nutrients into your uh, diet clip a few leaves as your baby root vegetables grow and you can use those like baby greens or wait until you pull up your um, veggies when you harvest them and save the greens. Beet greens can be used just like Swiss chard or spinach. Turnip greens are cooked like other greens. So however you would make mustard greens, you can use turnip greens. Radish greens are pretty similar to turnip and mustard greens they're they're not as large of course or as leafy as turnip and mustard greens and for being small little little plants relative to mustard and turnip greens 
Radish tops are kind of tough, and you probably don't want to eat them raw, but you know, you definitely could chop them up and saute them or add them to a pot of mixed greens. They'll, they will definitely soften as they cook. Or if you have a food processor, you could try to make um, pesto with them. Radish tops have a raw peppery flavor, but you can pack them into a food processor with some garlic and lemon juice, some Parmesan cheese, a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper, and just a few nuts. And you can make a nice fresh pesto style sauce. Now, of course, pesto that we think of is made from basil leaves. So, you know, don't expect it to taste like basil pesto, but you can make a really nice sauce that tastes fresh and bright and kind of perfect for a nice spring day. Carrot tops are also edible. They are quite pungent and intensely flavored. So you might have to um, test those out and see if how well you like those. You could mince um, a little bit and use them as a garnish. Um, sprinkle that on like cooked carrots. You could use it kind of like parsley. You could make a pesto too just like the radish green pesto. But another cool idea that I like to make is to make carrot top chimichurri. Chimichurri is a South American fresh condiment that is really popular in Argentina. Normally, chimichurri is made with fresh parsley, cilantro, garlic, olive oil, oregano, and vinegar. But it would be really easy to substitute carrot tops for parsley in any chimichurri recipe. It's really great with beef, but you could um, you could use chimichurri in any dish that would benefit from fresh herbs. Carrot tops will give um, you know a slightly more earthy flavor, but it's actually really pretty tasty. So I don't know, give them a try. Carrots and parsley are part of the same family, so if you have carrot tops but no parsley. Try using chopped up carrot tops. You are listening to Plan Hose on KBSR Black Sparrow Radio. If you are enjoying my show, hope you'll go over to www.blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and check out the station and learn all about the great shows and music coming out of our station broadcasting from Taylor, Texas. Also, head over to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the Plan Hose podcast. If you like the flexibility of being able to play, pause, and rewind my show whenever you want, download some episodes and be sure to leave a review. Not only do I love reading the reviews from my listeners, it also helps others find the show and downloading Plow and Hose episodes helps provide me with really meaningful statistics. All right, root crops love the cool weather. And radishes are the easiest to grow. As long as you thin your seedlings, you'll have plenty of radishes, probably even more than you really want. They only take a month um, to grow, so you could stagger plant radishes now. Um, you could probably get a couple 
plantings in before it gets too warm and you'll have plenty of radishes and radish greens. This time of year with our kind of crazy mixed up weather, it can be a little challenging to get a really amazing crop of root vegetables, the bigger ones like beets, turnips, and carrots. One thing to be more successful is that you will definitely want to thin them appropriately because they want their space. Double check that seed packet and thin accordingly. I'll admit to you, I am kind of a terrible about, uh, I'm kind of terrible about thinning because I really hate plucking seedlings. Um, I don't know, I, I get excited when they, they all sprout up and um, it seems like they just want to live. But it's really important to give root veggies their space. If you don't, they will compete for nutrients and water and space. And everybody will be disappointed if you don't get very many or a very big crop if you had just thinned them. But don't, don't throw out those thinned seedlings. You know, don't toss them aside. Um, just collect them, rinse them off, and treat them like a microgreen. And, you know, add them to a bigger salad or just tuck them into a sandwich and enjoy them. Another issue that you might come across with these root veggies this time of year is ending up with more tops and then really pathetic roots. And that's also disappointing, especially when you have been babying them. But it happens, and there are a couple of reasons this can happen. If you have an older bed that hasn't been amended after the last growing season, your soil could have a nutrient imbalance. If your soil has too much nitrogen and not enough potassium or phosphorus, you will get more green tops and pretty insignificant roots. If you did amend your soil before you planted and you used a product that is higher in nitrogen than the, than the other um, nutrients, so if it has a higher nitrogen percentage, that can cause more leaves and fewer roots. That issue will be harder to correct this season, but you can always address it next time. In general, root vegetables need at least four hours of sun each day. It's kind of easy to think that they don't need as much sun because the roots grow underground, but that's not really the case because sunlight is super important for photosynthesis and it allows the stems and the leaves that are above ground to convert sunlight into fuel for healthier and larger root veggies. Water is also important for root development. You're going to want to water deeply more than what you would for other cool season crops like leafy salad greens that have shallow roots. The larger the root, the more deeply you'll want to water too. Small little round salad radishes are going to need less water than 
big old turnips. So water deeply at least once a week and check that the soil is moist. You know, you can dig down a little bit and see what it's like. If it seems dry, water a little longer. Even though we don't have the heat and the intense sun like we do in summertime, go ahead and lay down a nice layer of mulch around your plants. It's going to help keep the moisture in the bed. It'll help to keep the soil warm too, which is good because, you know, we could have another temperature drop. Um, it could dip down into freezing again. Um, March 5th is our last average frost date. I mean, we're getting pretty close to it, where you, but you know, that, that's still just an average. Um, we still have to keep an eye on the temperatures and make sure that we keep our plants warm and mulch is going to help that. And you know, with these recent storms, I just don't trust the weather. So put some mulch down. Well, February has been busy. Lots going on for me. Um, plus, we had the freeze and the damage and the power outage, and that pretty much wiped out an entire week away from me. And I feel behind and disorganized more so than usual. So I'm just going to end here. But it is. It is warming up, and the days are getting a little bit longer. And it's exciting, and we can plant so much stuff. So be sure to take advantage of this last opportunity if you want to plant a last round of cool season favorites. All right, well, happy planting and have a great week. Production assistance provided by KBSR, Black Sparrow Radio. Original music created by Alex Cuervo. Discover more of his music at alexcuervo.tv. If you love plants and gardening in Central Texas, be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and never miss seasonal information on Plow and Hose. Plow and Hose is written and recorded at my home in Taylor, Texas.